Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. Now, The Daily Pod on WRBI. Good morning and welcome, and we bid welcome in studio this morning, the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Best. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor, and how are you doing on this glorious Tuesday? Very good, thank you, and thanks for having me in, in person. So this is a nice change of pace for us. So <laughs> it, I'm, I was looking forward to getting to do this again, so I'm glad it's worked out. Well, excellent. Glad to have you, and uh, uh, no one better to... Uh, you know, kick off the new era, so to speak, or the resumption of, uh, you know, in, in studio guests and so forth. But uh, with that, uh, we want to, of course, uh, dig into the uh, the meat of the order here, and that is uh, the uh, city meetings last night. Or the uh, Batesville Board of Works, uh, only two items on the agenda last night, Mr. Mayor. Uh, one was a, uh, lo- a road closure request, and a rather unique one at that. It is, and so generally speaking, we have Every month, we'll have two or three people who come in and who are looking to do events and looking then to have the opportunity to use a parking lot or a 5K. And so this is uh, rather unique for us to actually have some to uh, a request that came in to shut down one block of a, of a local road so they could have a, a, ga- a graduation party. And so it's a little out of the ordinary for us. And generally speaking, I'm a, I hate closing roads too often that people are using to get home or to get back into their house but this was a section of road that had only one driveway and that was the driveway of the people who are looking to use the road so it really was not going to affect any other residents it will cause people to take a short detour to get around the road closure Uh, but it, it seems to work it seemed to work out it seemed to make sense uh and and so it was brought forward to the Board of Works, and the Board of Works uh, discussed it and voted to approve it. And uh, and, and so I, I'm somewhat he- I was somewhat hesitant about it because I don't want to start closing roads uh, in neighborhoods on a regular basis. It's, this is, but this one was kind of a unique situation that it could be done without really affecting anybody's too greatly. So it was we heard it, we voted on it, and it passed. And the other one was the uh, subdivision acceptance, and uh, and this is involving uh, not only the street but also utilities. That's right. And so uh, this happens somewhat regularly. Uh, whenever somebody builds a new subdivision, part of the process is uh, they they put in the road, they put in the utilities, and they are responsible for building those things to our specifications. And so uh, after, as time passes and they start to fill up and start selling the lots and how homes getting built, and at some point then they're allowed then to turn it over to the city. And so before we do so, we, we go through a very um, precise way of making sure that it's, one, we go back and check our records to make sure things were installed the way that we're, they're supposed to be installed uh, when the subdivision was put together. And then the second piece of it then is, uh, making sure then when it's 
time for them to turn it over to us that our folks have a chance to go back, inspect the work, make sure it's everything is in good operating condition. And then they go to the planning commission first, or actually it goes to the utility folks in the street department, our department heads first. They, uh, I'll say bless it or okay it. And then they take it to the planning commission. The planning commission uh, reviews it. They get a chance to say yes or no. They said yes in a meeting last week, which then caused it to come to city council on uh, last night. And so city council heard it. Uh, at that point, it's fairly obvious that it's been looked at by an, a couple of groups of people. And so it's uh, so then they looked at it last night and said, yes, it's we'll accept it. And so the city then um, is formally now responsible for those utilities and and for the street itself. And so we'll start take um, we'll, we'll be the ones who are truly responsible for it from here on out. And so that was in for a subdivision here in town. Uh, that we call that is called Fieldstone. That's out on the south side of town. So that it's been uh, there's a number of houses already built. I think there's only a few lots left in that subdivision. So it was it was appropriate for it to be to pass on to the city at this point. All right, and then uh, with that we uh, moved on to the uh, city council meeting. And of course, uh, uh, one of the neat things uh, a tradition that uh, you've started is the uh, swearing in ceremonies of uh, first responders and. Uh, and so forth and uh, uh you had a a gentleman who has been actually been full-time uh, with the uh, fire department since october but uh things you know things have been delayed but nevertheless you got the job done last night that's right and so actually this is something that came from the police chief and the fire chief and so th- they came and said hey we would like to have a a an opportunity to have a formal swearing in of our new either police officer or fire ems personnel and so uh, it was by their request. And so we, uh, the, um, <laughs> so for me, it's more of, well, what is the correct swearing in? And so what is, what is the correct verbiage? What is the correct, what words need to be said? And so they came back and had a, had a, a, a swearing in or a pledge that they had come up with. Each one is slightly different. And so we have, uh, we had the opportunity then to swear in a gentleman named Greg Bottoms, as you mentioned, has actually been on the payroll for a few months already. Um, and so we got that done last night. And it's always been kind of fun to have the family up to be a part of it. And, and this and in this case, I believe it was his son, Jacob, then who actually got to pin uh, his badge on on his uniform while after he finished the pledge. Um and, and so it turns out really well. And so it's a great way to introduce uh, uh, our p- new police, our new fire folks to the community. And so it's something that we – it, so it's one of the fun parts of the job. And so there are parts of the job that some days are a little crazy where people come in and say, geez, you guys, uh, this road is – looks like hell or you guys aren't doing this right and i wish you'd do this better and so it's nice to have once in a while to have something fun to have something that's positive and get to do something that is uh, uh more on the positive side than than sometimes the mundane geez we don't have enough parking or we don't have this or we don't have that and uh, another thing was uh, last night was the um uh, a resolution which uh, we we talked about on uh, the news uh, pretty much this morning. But uh, if you just want to you know, give your thoughts on that, the American Rescue Plan Act funds. Yeah, and so it took us a while to get um, to get to this point where we could actually uh, uh, 
um, have an opportunity to really talk about those funds uh, uh, more at length than what we have in the past. And so the rescue, American Rescue Plan was something that was put together by Congress last year. And so it was passed last year, and they have been working in the background on the regulations, on, on the rules on how to spend the money. And so when it first came out, it came out with basically two or three pages. It said, here are the four options or four ways you can spend the money. And at first we thought, well, heck, uh, we should be able to figure out how to make this work. This should be relatively easy. Uh, but then, uh, and so I'm a rookie to, the, to that part. Even though I've been mayor for a few years, I had never been a part of of a program quite like this where it was a federal program and did not realize how many strings would be attached to it and how those things work. And so that original three, two or three pages of introduction to it grew to one point to 150 some pages. And then that grew from 150 to 439 or some, some odd number of pages of how, what the rules were and how you were expected to use it. Um, and if you and so I took the time to start reading sections of it. Um, and I did not read all 430 pages. It just did not make sense. And the vast majority of it seemed to be put together for major metropolitan areas to give them guidance on how they were allowed to use it. Uh, but in this and what they called the the final, geez, uh, they had terminology even for the intermediate rules. And so what they introduced or what they sent out in January was the final interim rules, which we then were exposed to then obey that. But it was interesting in those. There was a three page um, document that was before the 430 pages. And in there, there, in one paragraph, there's a little note that basically said that you could use uh, up to the first 10 million dollars could be used for general services. And so we all were left scratching our heads trying to figure out, well, what does that really mean and what is the purpose of that? And so for us, it's a godsend because it basically takes those communities that were receiving less than $10 million had the opportunity then to spend that 10, their, their portion, if it was less than 10 million, then they could spend that on general services. And so then it was, well, what's the definition of general services? And so um, in the original rules, there was absolutely no way that you could spend that money on roads or road type projects. But now all of a sudden with under general services became a very broad category which basically means that a city or a municipality or a county that's receiving less than $10 million can use that $10 million for any general government service. And so that now includes roads, includes any number of things. Now, for us, we're in pretty good shape on our roads. We've been very fortunate. The state has given us uh, more than our fair share of money from the community crossing matching grant program. So we've gotten more than our fair share in that over the years. And we've been able to do a lot of roads around town and we're, and we're in really good shape with that portion. So we're really not looking to spend it on roads. Uh, but now we can spend it on parks and we can spend it on basically anything that the city would use or do on a regular basis, either utility-wise or park-wise or, or road-wise. We can put that money to use in those general areas where under the original rules you could not and so for us this is um it, it basically relaxed the rules so that we have more flexibility to invest it in ways that will help our community 
more so than um, than what we originally thought was going to be possible for us. And so we have been very slow to react to uh, talking about how to spend the money because we've been waiting for these rules. And thankfully, we didn't invest a whole lot of time and effort running in one direction, uh, assuming that that was going to be the way it ended, ended up. Uh, I'm assuming what happened in the background is that the rules, the original set of rules as they were being written, got to be so um, so hard to deal with that um, people push back cities uh, state uh, agencies pushed back and said, wait a minute, these are too hard or they are too too narrow of a focus that most communities won't be able to invest the money in a way that you're looking to invest it. And so uh, it's worked out well. And so we will start the process now of trying to go back and and look at some different projects. We've had time to think about some things over the last number of months, um, either uh, one of the things that we've talked about in the past was maybe doing s- additional stormwater projects. Uh, we've also talked about maybe doing a, a project where we replace some lights, uh, some of the light poles around town that are with old light bulbs in them to replace them with new LED lights. And so there's a variety of things that now that are opened up to us again that we can invest that money in, in those fashions. Uh, we can also, I think we'll also look at doing investing some of that money in the parks if possible so it's just a matter of now of getting together we have two volunteers from council who are going to um uh, help us between paul gates and myself and uh, i think it's um jim fritch and Derek cox were the two councilmen who raised their hand actually a few months ago to help us work through some uh, some of the discussions about how do we want to spend it at the end of the day, the money is uh, can only be authorized by city council. And so um, that's why we have two members of council who will be on that and so that they can be a part of that and, at, and that they will be the ones who will make the final decisions on how that money is invested. Now, obviously, Paul and I are, do this day in, day out, and we're in touch with uh, a lot of different things. And so we'll make some suggestions, but at the end of the day, we have to – uh, city council has to be the ones to make those final determinations and we'll um we'll try to put the, together a package of, of how to invest that over the next few years so that we can get a couple a number of projects done that we wouldn't necessarily thought we'd ever get done and, and uh, for the record uh, baseville receiving 1.5 million dollars uh, I, I was during paul's uh, gates presentation last night half received last year the other half this year and as you mentioned it's, it has to go through additional appropriation and that's because these funds are not budgeted is that correct that is correct and so we didn't uh, we put together our annual budget and so when we, when we're doing so uh, we are uh, when they accept that budget, we are basically accepting the appropriations for, for to spend that money, but that we have never uh, included that in uh, that appropriation. So th- these will all be special funds, and they will all have to be dealt with specially. And it's really interesting in that uh, we got approximately seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars last June, July, and then got a note here in the last few weeks that. There were communities around the state of Indiana who decided not to accept the money, who decided they did not want to take the money on or take on the responsibilities. 
I, I would imagine at this point they may be second guessing themselves now, knowing that the rules have been relaxed and they would have more more room to manip- how to use that money. Uh, and so we got an additional $2,800 because it, that money then got thrown into big pot and then got divided up again amongst all the different other communities around the state. So we'll end up with just over $1.5 million. We'll get the second half, this, another 750 somewhere around June, July again this year. And then we'll have the money in house. And then part of the, the rules for the program is that we have to invest or we have to come up with a plan. The plan has to be, uh, I'll say, in place by the end of 24, and all the money needs to be spent by the end of 26. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, and it was explained to me that, uh, you know, that if it's a project that, uh, you know, is, uh, is still pending or it's lagging for whatever reason, you have until 26 to spend that. And, but, uh, and then the, uh, I'm sure people thinking $10 million is, well, the thing of it is, those are for the uh, the larger communities, more than municipal places, you know, larger yes. municipalities that receive those type of funds. Yes. And so the larger metropolitan areas received hundreds of millions of dollars. And so they, they were in, in much, uh, got a much bigger piece of the pie, and, and rightfully so. And so they have a larger population, so they have more things to, to say grace over. Uh, so we're, we're very fortunate to get our, our, our little piece of, of the action. And so for us, it'll be, it, it will get to do some things that, as I said before, that we may not have been able to afford. And so that, that'll be part of the, the discussions is, um, as I said earlier, we're really, we're really in good shape on roads. So we really don't need to spend it on roads per se. And so, uh, there's a part of me that says, boy, it would be fun to fix pick some kind of a special project, a once in a lifetime or once in a decade project that you could invest money in and and do something big and different. Uh, In my heart, it's kind of like the READY program. And so the READY program, as it was presented by the governor a year ago, was a program to try to get people to think big and to do big things. And so I'm, uh, there's a part of me that is, is very pragmatic and say, I need to do this and this and take care of these things that we take care of every single day. But there's also a part that says, wow, it'd be fun to do something different, to do something that would be impactful for years to come. And so that will be part of the, of the I'll say, discussion, debate to figure out what is the right way to invest that money for Bates so long term. And uh, you kind of uh, slid into my next point, the uh, the mayor's uh, report, and uh, one of those items is uh, the uh, the ready uh, uh, projects, and uh, you know that that's still the continuing process. It is, and so um, the city of Batesville teamed up with the cities of Greensburg, Rushville, and Shelbyville. Uh, we're kind of a natural partnership in my mind. Uh, we're very similar communities. Shel- Shelbyville may be a little bit larger than, than the other three, uh, but we all have very similar heritage. We all seem to have very similar backgrounds. Small rural communities that had, that were rural in nature, but, uh, had some manufacturing and have grown up through the years to be larger manufacturer, uh, um, communities and still have that rural, uh, agricultural feel about them. And so our group has uh, went in through the READY program and 
put together a list of projects. I think it was 40 some projects that amounted to about $50 million. Uh, unfortunately, we re- only received 20 million. And I say that I, sh- I should be careful. I say that 20 million is a lot of money. And, so, and I should be very grateful that we've gotten $20 million. There's a small part of me that said we, uh, our communities, um, are really, have really been doing the right things for the last number of years. And I wish we could have gotten a bit more so we could have done a few more projects. Um, so that original list of 40 projects and of $50 million, we now have to pare down to a shorter list of projects and that will only total $20 million. And so we're in that process now of, I'll say, negotiating, um, presenting our projects to the state to get their blessing for those projects also, and then trying to find the correct funding method to get as many of those projects pulled together that we possibly can. And so we're working through that process now of trying to uh, get that $50 million down, down to $20 million and figure out what's the best way to invest that $20 million through the four cities, three counties, and be fair to everybody, and then also try to get some, again, impactful projects that will um, spring us forward for years to come. And another thing, of course, you uh, began, uh, as you do every month, uh, with the uh, the financial picture. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, yeah. tell, tell, give us a little snapshot on that. So, so uh, Paul Gates does a really great job, and he has done a, a great job uh, since day one. When we started, we, we had to learn a lot. Uh, and I say we, I, I hope Paul will forgive me for this, but uh, we started as two guys who spent 30 years, 30 plus years in different, uh, in the private sector and uh, jumped into government. And we had to learn a few things to get to where we are. And Paul has done a really great job over the last six years of managing the money. When we started, there may not have been as much money as we would have liked to have started with, but it taught us to be very frugal and it taught us to be very thoughtful about how we invested. And so, uh, this year, um, maybe it's, maybe it's unique. Maybe it's not. Maybe this will happen on a, on a, Uh, on a cycle much like the economic cycle hits us but we're in one of those cycles right now where the combination of the inflation which is going on um, not just here but across the country and actually across the world probably and so between the inflation challenge that we're faced with and then also what's happening in Ukraine you you don't think about what happens in Ukraine or uh, across uh, halfway across the globe that a a war between two nations would affect us but it does and so it uh, so those two things um, we have to be cognizant of and we have to plan for uh, and and so we're, I like everyone else is probably really waiting to find out what happens in the next uh, week or so until the next round of inflation numbers come out and understanding how that affects uh, how that what that if it comes out higher than what it has been um, we have to start working on the next budget and so we now have to start working on how do we budget and and make sure that our, our, we're giving our employees a fair raise and doing what we need to do to because they have families just like the rest of us just like everyone and so we want to be fair to our employees and fair to the people of Batesville and so we and so 
understanding what that inflation number is is kind of a big thing. At least it is in my mind. And so we're going to be very careful about what projects we do because we have to, at the end of the day, be make sure that we have money available to give our, our employees a fair raise so that they can live a happy, happy life the best we can. So. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap things up. Adjourn as uh, they, <laughs> yes. they say. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but uh, we appreciate your time this morning, coming across the street and uh, and uh, breaking the uh, the seal on our uh, po- you know uh, well I don't yeah. know post pandemic, but uh, the you know in fact the first uh, in studio uh, guest since uh, before the pandemic. And we appreciate your time this morning, and uh, we will uh, if not next month. We'll uh, probably catch up uh, somewhere along the way. Well, fantastic. And I do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this on a monthly basis. It gives me a chance. Uh, we don't have many people who attend our meetings. Um, and so I, I like to think that that's a sign that we're doing a few things right and people aren't too worried about us. Uh, but at the same time, this is a great opportunity for me to share what's going on so people can hear it directly from me and understand uh, how I feel or how I think about things so that people get a comfort level and understand then hopefully we'll can be able to get this information out so people know and feel conf- confident for the future all right mayor so, mike bess uh, city of batesville thank you once again and uh, we appreciate your time this morning thank you have a great day